Welcome to Business Ninjas, brought to you by Write For Me, where you'll hear from business leaders who are out there growing their business and slaying it every day. Learn from the masters. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back for another episode of Business Ninjas. I'm here today with Brett Miller. He's the Director of Operations at Telgen. Brett, welcome to the show. Hey, Kelsey. Thanks for having us. Yeah, excited to have you today. So, Brett, why don't you start? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, so name is Brett Miller, Director of Operations here at Telogen. We are a biotissue company um, based out of Tallahassee, Florida. Uh, I've lived here my whole life, um, married four kids and a foster, so five at the house. Uh, was a paramedic for a long time. Um, I guess that's kind of where we cut our teeth in the, the biotech industry on the operations side. Uh, both our COO and myself were paramedics, actually were partners on the ambulance. Um, so that's kind of where we got started there and just figuring out the logistics of taking care of folks and, and moving, um, moving stuff down the road. So that's kind of it. That's fantastic. It sounds like you've got an interesting story kind of with your CEO taking it Telogen. Tell me, tell me more about Telogen. Yeah. So Telogen is a living donor birth tissue recovery agency. Um, we are part of the organ donation community but we're a very small part. Um, live living donor is only probably less than 1% of all of the, the actual industry. Um, so when we started about 10 years ago, we're, we're one month shy from our 10 year anniversary. Uh, we started in uh, late November, <clears throat> excuse me, of 2013 uh, and really just wanted to provide the best service. Uh, we saw a need in the industry that's, you know, where, uh, charts took forever, and it was kind of an older, um, outdated system uh, that was tied to the cadaveric side, which is pretty much what everybody's familiar with with organ donation. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the save a life um, or donate life. You know, those kind of campaigns. Mostly, everybody's heard of them uh, and are familiar with that side of organ donation, but they don't really. And it's not as attractive to say, "Well, I donated my placenta," um, as it is, you know, I, I give blood or you know, my my loved one passed away and we donated their kidneys or their organs. There's a, a little bit more, uh, I guess, nostalgia with that because it's been around a lot longer uh, or been mainstream a lot longer rather. So for us, we only do living donor. So we only are in the um, the placenta donation space. And now it's really called birth tissue because it's, okay. it encompasses more than just the placenta. Uh, you've got the, obviously the, the actual placenta, but then you've got the umbilical cord, amniotic fluid, Umbilical cord blood is also something that mothers can donate. And there's outlets for those um, tissues to be turned into products to help save lives. And talk to me a little bit more about those products. I find this absolutely fascinating. Yeah. So, and it's um, mostly, and, and it gets kind of in the weeds. So I'll try to stay high level with it because uh, you can get down into all of the, <laughs> uh, the specifics of what products are regulated as what. Mostly what we do are for, think of skin grafts. Um, So any kind of wound where you would put a skin graft, normally you would think of like burn patients need a skin graft. And for the longest time, historically, it's been either a a cadaver skin that they've used or they've used uh, the the patient's own skin. You know, so say if you have a, a big burn on your chest or on your arms, Well, you might take skin from your back or your butt or the back of your leg, and that would then be transplanted on yourself um, as a a skin graft there. But the problem with that is now you have two wounds. You have the wound that you're covering, 
and the wound that you've created to fix the problem. So there's obviously infection problems with that. There's um, where the graft doesn't adhere, um, you know, through whatever mechanism of action that that it causes. But so there, there's some problems there. So then about 100 years ago, they started and it was at, you know, major university. I think Johns Hopkins, if I did my research right, was where it all started in 1914. Uh, sometime around then, it was major teaching universities. And they said, well, we've, we're, we're going to try something with a placenta. Uh, and so they had a burn warned, a burn unit and they had a, a labor delivery unit. And they said, well, take the placenta over there and put it on this person. And what they found out over many, many years, uh, a century now, is that that amnion tissue that came from the mother and then is transplanted to a, a burn victim or any kind of wound care patient is antimicrobial, anti-scarring. All of the things that happen inside the womb with that am amnion happens outside to a transplant donor. Mm -hmm. So you, what you end up with is burn patients that don't have scars. Like you, you know, you've typically seen on skin graft recipients, you, you sometimes see that, um, fenestration, that, that webbing, like look, the uh, checkerboard look. Um, and that's just how it happens. But with amnion grafts, you don't have that. You're actually making your body signal its own innate ability to heal itself. Um, so yeah. That's fascinating. And, you know, while you were talking about that, talking about, and I, correct me if I'm saying this wrong, but amnions, I'm thinking to myself, that just grew a whole human. So it makes yeah. sense that it can. <laughs> yeah. So every, you know, and, and every, uh, you know, we, 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 our CEO, David Hill, he's, he likes to say that everything God made inside the womb is still there and it's running through that tissue back and forth. It's just penetrating it. So everything from two, two cells down to nine, up to 10, 10 trillion cells in our body. Everything started at this one location and it runs through there um, with amniotic fluid and, and just tons of cytokines and peptides and all the scientific stuff that goes over my head. But they've told me, you know, when I, when I start talking about it, that, oh, you, you sound really smart. It's like, no, I just know a few big words. So it, it gets really deep. Uh, but that's really what it is. What you, what you just said is that everything that grew from a little baby is still there in that tissue and it's still there to help that baby right? and, and help the outside world. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so if someone wanted to donate, you know, their, their um, birth tissue, where, how would they go about that? You know, is it something that they have to say before labor, after labor? Is there, what are the, what are the protocols for, I have so many questions. What are the protocols after, you know, after birth, how do they get it to Telogen? Yeah. So, and part of Telogen's uniqueness is that we partner with hospitals. Right now we're in about 50 hospitals nationwide. Um, that encompasses 24 offices, six states, three time zones. Uh, so to 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 say that if you, and we don't have anything in New York, so let's just say New York, we're mostly in the Southeast. Uh, but in New York, if you were having a baby in New York and you wanted to donate your birth tissue, it wouldn't necessarily be with Intelligent Program um, because we partner with those hospitals to grow and develop those programs. It's their program. We're just helping run it. Um, and so what we do with that is we, we've, we've partnered with them to provide their mothers who are donating, who are having their, uh, delivering at their hospitals. We've provided a way that their program can be utilized there at that hospital. So yeah, and it can be done. Usually we like to know ahead of time. It's, um, primarily scheduled C-sections. Uh, we do do vaginal deliveries and we have, um, add-on C-sections. So that's not necessarily a problem if you were, 
not a C-section going in to deliver your baby, but then you turned in to be a C-section because of whatever complications you had. And there's a few of those. Uh, so when we say that, it, you know, it's C-sections, it, it's any delivery. We have programs for vaginal deliveries, C-sections scheduled and, and emergent, non-scheduled. Uh, we just have to have a program there for Telogen. Interesting. And, you know, so it sounds like you know, you're able to partner. So the, the patients, the, the people in need of this birth tissue are able to benefit. So it's not necessarily like a competitive field. It's more so supportive to say, we really want to make sure that this birth tissue and these hospitals are supported and getting to the people in needs. Yeah, absolutely. And you're spot on there, Kelsey. So one of our, our biggest things in our mission statement is to provide a program so that every mother who wants to donate their birth tissue has that opportunity at, you know, at our programs. Um, so minus a few things where we were regulatory wise, we do have to screen mothers against a, a medical criteria. Um, you know, it's still an organ that's going to be transplanted into another person. So we can't necessarily have everything, um, you know, any communicable diseases that generally rules a patient out, um, mm -hmm. So, and part of that program is that the mother never knows that, like we, we want them to, you know, feel good about what they've done because, you know, a lot of times mothers uh, don't know that this is an option. They, they, they've never even heard of it. Excuse me. They've never heard of the, of a, a birth tissue donation program. So sometimes they'll say, oh, that's weird. And then what we really have to do is, is offset that, uh, that weirdness for them and say, well, have you ever donated your blood? Because essentially there's no difference here. You know, it's it's a gift that you are giving to help someone else heal or live, um, you know, with, with especially with wound care it being on the rise, uh, you know, through diabetes, trauma, different things like that. These graphs are needed to be able to help these folks who have those life threatening injuries or, or diseases uh, to be able to function at a, at a very high level and high quality of life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, I did a little research, obviously, before yeah. we before we we hopped on. And is there a difference between donating birth tissue and then donating umbilical cord blood? So there to us, there's no difference. Um, mm -hmm. It's just a different. Just a different part of the birth okay. tissue. Um, okay. So for us, the process is all the same. Um, you would still have to be cleared through a medical uh, medical social questionnaire, which we call MSH. Uh, in the industry, they call it a DRE. Uh, it's a donor, uh, and I, I'm terrible with acronyms. No, it's okay. It's a donor <laughs> assessment questionnaire. Yeah, okay. Uh, okay but they call it a DRE, a D-R-A-E. We call it the medical social history. Um, so that that's just a little, and it yeah. might not be for industry, you know, whatnot. But if I say medical social history, every processor knows what I'm talking about. They know that we're talking about the DRE. Yeah. Um, so th that doesn't matter whether you're doing an umbilical cord, a placenta, amniotic fluid or cord blood it's all the same processes up to the point of donation at that point it becomes a little bit different with how things are recovered and collected and uh, packaged but that's about the only difference okay okay well you know I think this has been an absolutely fascinating conversation. Yeah. You know, as we start to as we start to wrap up, is there anything that you want to leave our listeners with, whether it be about Telogen, about you know, birth tissue, the industry in general? Anything you want to leave our listeners with? Any yeah, advice? absolutely. If if I can say one thing about it, it's you know, there's a stigma behind tissue donation, but every you, you everybody knows somebody who could benefit from this graph. 
everybody I've ever talked to knows someone with diabetes or who has had a burn or who's had surgery. Um, so the, the need out there is it's an exponential need every year of, you know, the number of patients who could benefit from this tissue uh, and these donations, um, these birth tissue donations. But the, the education is not it, it's not as widespread as we'd like. So that's what we do these these type of interviews for is so that we can spread the word uh, of tissue donation uh, of all kinds. Uh, not just birth tissue donation. You know, we're big believers in organ donations. You know, we we um, personally, we're a big believer. You can't take it with you. So as long as you didn't mess it up while you're here, you might as well go ahead and give it to somebody else. Well, Brett, this has been terrific. I, I love this conversation. I think it's absolutely fascinating. I hope to, you know, continue to help spread the word for you folks to be able to, you know, get the, like you said, get the word out, provide that knowledge and that understanding, reduce that stigma. I think this has been a terrific conversation. I really appreciate you being on Business Ninjas today. Kelsey, I really appreciate the opportunity to uh, to speak on about, about Telegit and, and tell the world about some birth tissue donations. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Great to have you. Hey. Are you a business ninja? Want to be interviewed like this? Give us a shout. Go to www.writeforme.io, W-R-I-T-E-F-O-R-M-E.io, and schedule a time to meet with us, and we'll make it happen. Keep slaying it, y'all.